Jazz and Evie, we're doing our first ISO Radio live radio show. We're so excited and we're so happy and blessed that ISO has let us, you know, come here and hang out and do a live show for you guys. And when I said live, I, we meant like listen live because it's a really amazing space. It's a little bit small as a little space. We have no room for you. Yeah. This is not a live IRL. I'll see you in front of me kind of yeah, yeah, live, yeah. but you know, a live radio show. Exactly, exactly. But we're super stoked for, I guess, people that aren't actual usual maiden podcast listeners. Just a little brief about what we are. So Evie and me, Jazz, uh, we're the hosts of a podcast called Made In. We like to talk about a lot of pop culture, current events stuff, mainly from a lot of um, I'm Korean. Obviously, this is audio, so you probably don't know that. But Evie's <laughs> Chinese. Uh, we like to talk about it from our Asian diaspora perspective about things that are happening that are, you know, close to our hearts and also just like really vibing about what's happening in the world. Um, so, Evie, why don't you share a little bit more about who you are? Yeah. So I'm Evie Kwong. I'm a journalist in Toronto, but I'm also like a culture head. Obviously, by nature of my job, I follow a lot of current events. Um, so it's really important to me, obviously, to have more perspectives on current events and obviously have current events covered that look like people perhaps like us and other people as well, uh, coming straight from an anti-oppression lens, everyone here. So that's where we're at. And I'm just really happy we started I Made In just to get it was a show that basically I would have wanted when I was younger to have Amen. to know that like you don't need to follow no stereotypes or traditional paths. You know, like we all talk about the Asian Canadian, Asian American experience, but it's so much more than that. And we all are so unique and so different. And that's what we want to bring out there with our personalities and also with people that we bring on the show often. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to be doing this live, like for the first time. I hope we kill it. I hope we're not, I mean, basically every gonna kill it. What yeah, basically mean? every show is live anyways when we record it. But Jazz, let's hear about you. Yeah, and also as a little background, guys, if you're from Toronto, you probably have seen Evie's face popping out in your TikTok for you page or Instagram because she is everywhere. She's doing the no. Lord's work, sharing <laughs> us about all the COVID news. She works for the Toronto Star, which is like a really main <laughs> news newspaper or platform, I guess, in Toronto. So you probably have seen her. Um, appreciate her work. Please like, share. I don't know why I'm popping up your work right now, Subscribe. but boring. Yeah, no, um, no. Okay, so I'm Jasmine. Um, yeah, Evie and I worked together at Aritzia way back in the day. And, you know, nothing bonds you closer as friends than um, complaining about what you're doing at work. So um, JK, I love my job. Um, and then, yeah, so Evie and I always kind of like bonded over what we um, things that we experienced as Asian Canadians kind of navigating through in our 20s in Toronto. And then there were so many things that I feel doesn't get yeah, represented on mainstream media. Like I grew up watching Lizzie McGuire on Disney Channel. Did I have blonde hair? Absolutely not. Would would I ever have blonde hair like that? Probably not. Actually, I, I did get a new blonde do. So <laughs> I'm almost there. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, we just want to have somewhere where things that I experienced growing up that I can freely talk about it from other point of view as well. So I feel like Evie and I really bonded through that. And then here we are. We are like two, three seasons in. Talk about all the stuff under the sun. And to kick off our... Um, I can't call it inaug inaugural because it's not a year. Okay, I'm going to do this because I want to press this. Okay, oh. to kick off the fact that we're doing our first live show, obviously we had to bring, you know, the godliest of, you know, drinks that we have out here, soju. We're we going to bring a snack or a drink or something 
like an Asian snack or drink every show. So we can kind of talk about what it's all about and what's going on. But yes, as a younger person of the two of us, Obviously. Jazz has always told me I got to pour it. So I'll be pouring it for you today. As she is grabbing the apple flavored soju, which typically I would not go for because that hangover is freaking real. I just found this in my house. Yeah. There is no time. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're going to have some soju. Kick it off. We have tons of fun topics that we're going to talk about today while she's pouring me a shot. But maybe I'll do like a, a drinking etiquette. So anytime you guys go to Korean barbecue or anytime you're around soju, um, the younger person in the table always has to pour to show respect. And then when you're taking the drink, you also have to like look away and then take the drink. Cause as a younger person. As yeah. a, for respect. And then the soju glass can never be empty. So if you're a younger person at the table and you notice that the, the cup is empty, you have to pour. So it always has to be full. You done pouring? I'm done pouring. Okay, Give me pa- two pass seconds. Me I'll a, pass it over. Pass but me a glass. Like, uh, should I just leave this open? No, I, I cannot have more than one shot. Thank you. Sorry for people who can't see us, but we're about to take our soju shot. Cheers. I'm looking Look away, away as F. a younger person. <laughs> but thanks for that soju Come education. Woo. Oh, oh my God. Was that an ASMR? Did you guys hear me drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. So this is apple flavored. I highly recommend going for the regular. I actually tried this new bottle it's like a blue one i think it's called chinlo or something very good oh, we really recommend good, yeah. but usually go for the green bottle that's like our that's like the classic flavor but great i will i'm happy that we're here we're finally seeing our t- each other live i know it's been a long time and basically every start we're gonna have like a food or a drink and we're just gonna try to do some education about it so now if you know you go to the korean restaurant that's what you do. That's the etiquette. The younger younger person does that. But going into current news and stuff that I've been working on a lot on, and I think everyone's been watching, even though it's been such a mess to get there, is Tokyo 2020. It's my favorite time of the year. It's it's really fun. It's a favorite time of, year of four years because it's like happens Two years? Once. Isn't it two years for like summer and then two years for winter? Yeah, but for me, the summer games is okay, it. Fine. That's it. But wow. like, no, on the winter sport. Okay, I don't really ski. That wasn't really a thing for me. But th- th- like, you know, this is a sport I'm like, oh shit, there's people that look like me. They're killing it. Okay, so fine. let's break down like some things that happened. So obviously the whole Shakari Richardson thing happened. The oh my God, that was like the beginning of the the end the the (laughs) beginning of what's that a snowfall the beginning of the avalanche of the joke that olympic tokyo 2020 is yeah and also the olympics there are so many issues like there's so many scenarios where black women have been put down in every situation Mm -hmm. shakari included i know following that i think some people on another team like some white athletes which is like we're talking about how marijuana use has been helpful for them. And it's just like such an awkward so thing. So they can to, talk about it. Yeah, but. it's just awkward. And then also with, you know, the whole thing, even following up the French Open and Naomi Osaka going into mm. the games, uh, you know, she's a favorite. She was the person who lit the torch basically last. And honestly, she's a Japanese icon. Yeah, she's such an icon. And I honestly feel like she also got it wrong. I just remember reading so many columns like, oh, she's such a whiny person she doesn't want selfish she doesn't want attention but like these are how things are and like we'll be the first to say that if we go by things like rules or like these are how things always have been and they are this shit would never change and we have to be in a changing zone so these women at the olympics in and out of the olympics including shakari have been really pushing that conversation about how archaic it is like you know having Castor Semenya who's like an andrometer amazing runner be unable to join the andrometers because she naturally is born with more testosterone like that is you're a woman it doesn't mean that you're not a woman and it's funny like you say you know oh marijuana is bad but this woman has been told to take drugs 
for her to compete. And so mm. in all these situations, I feel like even in this, you know, age of when, yeah, we've talked about a lot of different stuff, anti-oppression stuff and stuff like that, but black women really push this conversation. And I really think what my takeaway from the Olympics is when we see them in such a big scale, when we're all watching, is the fact that the conversation, like they're pushing that envelope, they're getting hella hate for it, mm -hmm. Simone Biles included. Yeah. Um, but they're doing it. So for, it's better for the people in the future. And I think that's really awesome that they're able to push that envelope, you know? Yeah, I think it's really cool to see this these kind of conversations happen now but for the longest time even for me to you know go against the IOC is that what they're called mm -hmm. go against such an institution like that is fucking scary yep. like to be able to you know fight something of a tradition that has so much like culture and like rules to it and you know I feel like it for us even though it seems like we're doing the bare minimum like advocating for mental health like why is that so frowned upon and like why is it that um they're called sociopath they're called selfish like when they're basically trying to take care of themselves and like putting their body through so much shit to like represent their country and i feel like um yeah it was really awful to see the commentary that's happening especially with like simone biles uh, when she decided to take a step back and i guess it kind of started with naomi osaka like i've been following that story for a while too and just like how broken like even the tennis culture is yeah. and it's also wrapped around in so much like you know white privilege and like yeah. even um i was listening to something about even in the media room like one of the things that naomi said was like it's like a mental torture having to finish a game that maybe you didn't perform well yeah. on and then you're sit down to be scrutinized about all the moves that you did why you didn't play well like imagine doing that on repeat always and for a sport like tennis which is like all on your own like something i learned while watching the naomi osaka documentary on netflix is okay, that break it down. the coach doesn't even sit beside you on the sideline so it's no, literally no, just yeah, yeah. you so yeah. to have that mental capacity it's so much and like it's so easy for all these like beer belly white men who's like asking these questions to be like you did this wrong but like come on man let me see you run up and down the court it's like true. that it's true and it's so funny because like obviously this olympics has also showed me how inadequate i am and in, as an athlete or <laughs> so like true. active i was like yo this shit is crazy i, I can't even get okay into that sorry part. pause Evie and I went for a run with Patchwork the other day. And <laughs> before going there, she was like, yeah, like, we'll just like a chill run. Because uh, background, I do not run. Running okay, is but my I least ran. favorite thing. And then as we get closer to the workout, Evie's like, so we're like actually going to run, right? And I was like, bitch, what do you mean? She I have this competitive spirit in me. I can't. Came out of nowhere. She literally ran so fast. I think she like took a second lap by the time that I was no, done. No, and no. like she just like blindsided me. So your athletic abilities is way up there. But continue your story. Okay. So I feel my athletic ab ability has been questioned in these Olympics watching Olympians, which is totally fair. <laughs> like I, that's they're Olympians. They're there for a reason. And it's so funny. Like every time anyone time watches anyone watches Olympics every year, there's so many highs. You're like, this person won gold, yeah. that person won gold. And by the way, cheering from the diaspora is amazing. Like oh. if we get into the real granular look at it, it's like my mom and my family will cheer for obviously Hong Kong, China, Taiwan. Oh, I do uh, not become Team Canada. Yeah. I am Team <laughs> Korea. And yes, I'm here for Canada, but only my, when they play hockey. Yeah, and my parents will not be. And then it's like if no one's in the race, but like there's a Korean person in the race and they're the only Asian visible Asian. person, uh, my mom goes to that next person. Just 100%. the way it is. I'm just, it, it is whether it's, it's, there's no right or wrong. It's just the way it is. That's how we see ourselves because we don't really see ourselves on the main stage often. And this game's like, uh, it's amazing to see how many also Asian visible, well, women and athletes have been absolutely freaking killing it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just so many people that are out there and they're, they're such a big thing. I remember when Chloe Kim in the Winter yes. Olympics like was so cool, absolutely killed it. 
And I'm like, these people are seen as heroes and stuff like that. We have that in these Olympic Games, too. But she also came out, like, recently saying, like, she gets hate every fucking day. Like, racist-ass shit. Like, it's just, it, it just makes you feel like, yeah, because they see you winning out there and your face shouldn't, it hasn't been out there traditionally. It's, like, such a takedown. So I thought these Olympics were also amazing for the fact that, yes, they're amazing athletes, but also so many countries out there repping. Like, it's actually amazing to watch. Yeah. I really like that. There's this guy named Yul, and he is um, for the American gymnastics team, but he's a Korean adoptee. And just hearing about his story, and, like, he's obviously representing America, but he's also, like, you know, learning about his Korean heritage, too, and, like, culture, and I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, kind of bring it back to how, Naomi, I think what the story was, like, the American tennis like society or whatever didn't want her to play or something like that. So then now she's like team Japan. So like, I think it's really cool seeing like diverse, even like that gymnast who won. She's, um, she's mom. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, yeah, just having more visibility, but then you would think, Oh, then did Naomi did the best decision by going to team Japan. But then we also have team Korea who this archery athlete won gold. I think I'm so sorry. I don't know all the facts, but she won a medal. <laughs> and then there's all these anti netizens being like, Oh, cause she has very short hair. So, um, maybe she, yeah, she has a very shorter hairstyle, which isn't like womanly quote unquote. And then there's all these like anti feminists in Korea telling her to revoke her medal. And she's not deserving of this because she basically doesn't look like a woman. So I feel like, yo, Korea, get your shit together i'm sorry who's anti-feminist it's 2021 I know. um so i think having that conversation is like totally opposite spectrum where there's like uh, honestly this olympic like what is what is happening like there's, there's so much gossip. everywhere there's like yeah there's so much gossip there's people like you said we're trying to escape their countries there's covid cases you have to watch in the olympics there's australians and also canadians oh yeah trashing the room trashing Tokyo, which is literally a cardinal sin and in Tokyo. Tokyo okay? does like, not want you there. Yeah. They're so pissed. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're there. Yeah, and also the people of Tokyo. Tokyo allowing these things to continue during a pandemic. There's so many things with it. It's amazing it's to see the athletes. Mess. It's amazing to see athletes with platforms advocate for change mm-hmm. and stuff. But at the end of the day, it has been a lot. And when you brought up that um, the Korean athlete whose hair was too short, I feel like. That could be a big thing in Korea, like maybe that idea. But also that happens in a lot in Asia, too. I think that mm-hmm. people just don't know much about the culture there where there's a lot of situations where it's a very male dominant culture. Mm-hmm. And so like to even be like, you're not a fully a woman because your hair is short. Like, come on, man. So like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but to highlight on a good part of the Olympics, there were so many cuties. Also, <laughs> I watched a lot of skateboarding. To be f- just kidding, I watched one like season of <laughs> one episode, like one screening of the skateboarding. You would, you but would. guys, there was this one Japanese skater who was in the sickest outfit. She was wearing, I guess, Nike sponsored it, so she was wearing this like white button-down Nike like skate shirt with like the coolest oh, yeah, pants. She's so cool. Oh my god, so dope! But then there was this other skater who was wearing Adidas shoes, but since Nike sponsored it, she was wearing Nike pants, and I was like, ooh controversy oh my gosh <laughs> but and then there's like um i my for you page on tiktok is bombarded with that japanese surfer oh yeah yeah, yeah. very hot and then also there's a lot of asians in the u.s volleyball team i don't know why but i follow them on tiktok as oh well. yeah, yeah very very attractive very tall <laughs> i love how these are really great takeaway snippets the like, only reason why i'm watching the olympics yeah yeah no no it, i mean the skateboarding events was really cool yeah like, tell me i'm wrong no it was so cool you're totally right but 
Enough about the Olympics. Okay, you yeah. need to no no. You need to break down for me if you know what happened about this whole Chris Wu situation. Oh, Chris Wu. Can you give a breakdown of what this who person is Chris is? Wu? Yeah. Okay, and so. why are people on Twitter? If anyone's on Twitter or anywhere else, if you look at this hashtag or you just search him, uh, enough stuff. A lot's will come happening. Up, okay, so if you need a little bit of lowdown, Jazz got it for you. Okay, well let me break it down for you. It's 2013. I go on YouTube. I watch this video by EXO. So that's spelled E-X-O. And they're a Korean K-pop band. Um, sorry, I just said Korean twice. Uh, but my friend Sophie and I, holla, because I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> Sophie and I used to watch um, EXO music videos days on end. And it's basically like a Korean uh, boy group, but they're not all Koreans. They have like someone who's Chinese and um, someone who's like Filipino, I think, or something like that. Um, and then Chris Wu is actually from Vancouver. So why you got to put Canada on blast like that, Chris Wu? But basically, he was really famous, very hot. And then I guess EXO kind of did their thing and kind of like died down a little bit. And they always do these like comeback things. But he branched off from the group and started performing as like his own solo thing in China. And then recently, um, someone, a woman came out saying that he like, sexually assaulted her or there wasn't any like, like a rape yeah rape like yeah. Con- there wasn't consent or whatnot and then it's like a really big deal in korea to have these accusations and i feel like we see it all the time in north america and western culture happen like literally every day but in asia specifically it's a really important like big deal and then basically so all these stories came out i think he like denied one allegation about it but basically um there's all these stories in chinese news where they're like kind of making fun of him they're like you know he used to be a rapper now he's a raper he he used to freestyle now he's not free but he has style or like something like really really like whoever's writing the copy like who's the copywriter for this news article like needs a raise um but yeah basically so like i think that's so toxic but then sorry before i kind of go into the nevertheless scandal do you do you have any thoughts on the chris wu situation yeah definitely i mean like so basically he's detained in china and i think that everyone in the world he's in jail yeah he's detained wow and the, obviously in China, the rules are different. Like because of the allegations that came from China, like women in China, like they're like, no, we're not going to bring you back just because you're a Canadian citizen. Oh, yeah. He was born there as well. And also it's just like kind of like so messy where it's like because of this whole rhetoric of not understanding like that not all the people are literally the same as their government or like, you know, just not not giving a chance of anyone else, just like assuming the word Chinese means everything. It's like there's people there like online literally like set him free. Like how many more people just is China because he's gonna good looking? take? God. Or like how many people are gonna China gonna take? It's such a crazy place. And like whether or not you think that this is like a me too rape allegation yeah. situation. Okay. And it's not one woman, it's several women that also corroborate exactly. that situation. It's like I don't want to see this guy go free. And there's so many often situations where there are so many people in the music industry, even in uh, in Canada and US, mm-hmm. like that use their, I guess, platform or whatever they have. And obviously the fan culture is crazy in oh my Asia. Like it's Next not level. even... Whereas they'll they'll defend him to the grave. Like, they actually don't think he did anything. But, mm-hmm. like, for me, it's, like, obviously believe survivors. Like, obviously course, we have so many women. woman. Yeah, and speaking up about, about, like, speaking up about this, where it doesn't have to be brought into this whole, like, you know, whole government, like, whole world, <laughs> international, <laughs> like, China versus... It's not a China-Canadian, uh, China-Canadian or China-American tension story. It's mm-hmm. a story is that this guy, there's rape allegations against this guy. He happens to be famous and was using his fame. He abused his privilege yeah, and his power. With underage women in... And that's what happens. Like, yeah. I, I don't really know what to say. And I just feel like you don't need to bring any part about that and honestly believe women on that because mm-hmm. there's probably so many of those cases in Asia that we don't even know about, to they be honest. They can't speak up about it. And no one has an idea about that. No yeah. one actually knows. So, like, it's just crazy that we 
that be, turns into a conversation where it's a larger picture. Whereas if, if this was like, just put it here with all the same scenarios and it happened here, I would hope that we detain him and make sure we figure out if the rap, you know, get this through because often a lot of women don't get their voices or their stories out here. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, on the opposite spectrum of that, um, in Korea, we have a new K drama called Nevertheless. It's on Netflix right now. It's like airing every week. Um, it's an okay show. Uh, I'm a harsh critic on K-dramas. I would give it a, a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I've been hate watching it. Yeah. But the one beacon of light on this show was this really handsome man. He's rocking the tiny beanie. And he has a skater outfit. So cute. And he has this thing called... He has an accent a Korean accent that's called Saturi. And that's kind of like when you're kind of in the countryside of Korea, but like something about it. So sexy. But he has like a side, like love interest aside from like the main characters. And yeah, he just been something that I was really interested in watching. And then his ex-girlfriend, and I want to call her a bitter ex-girlfriend because she came out saying that he cheated on her during COVID, which is like a pretty like, this is like a shitty thing. Like yeah, the fact that he shitty, like yeah. broke quarantine and was like sleeping with other people. Like that's just straight up rude. But is it worth canceling the man? So basically this ex-girlfriend came out saying that he cheated on her. And then now the nevertheless production team is editing him out on all future episodes or like reducing his screen time. And I have an issue with this because of course I'm not condoning cheating whatsoever, especially during COVID. But is cheating illegal? No. Is it worth ruining someone's career? I just think that's a very weird thing. I think it's like, we sh if anything, sh anyone should grill him. It's for the fact he broke quarantine rules, okay? Like, I think that's worse than the cheat. Like, I'm not saying cheating isn't bad. I'm not saying, like, I am an active cheater or, like, people are oh like that. Oh, my God, Evie. Also, these traditional ideas of dating aren't even for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So let's wow. just bring that in, We're into. open. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. But, like... <laughs> Because someone cheated, let's just, well, okay, I would say the COVID restriction thing is bad, but because it was brought up as a cheating thing and they're like, oh my God, like, I think that's weird. I think that's really personal. I think 100%. if you have a homie that got cheated on, yeah, you can hate on that and you can hate on the person, you can hate on cheating, or if you've been cheated on, you can hate on that too. But I don't see how that blurs into on the camera because the ideas of dating are well, I don't know what, like, consent or, like, what kind of situation they were in, like, we're not going to cheat or whatever, mm -hmm. but, like, it happens all the time. Literally, like, it's just weird. Unless, like, he cheated and then got, like, an STD and then gave it to you and it was, like, you know, unless there was, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe, I'm just, like, trying to figure out, like, the worst possible scenario, but, like, he just cheated. Not that he just cheated, but, like, he cheated. I think you don't, air out your dirty laundry and then ruin someone's career on the way. I think that was really rude. And also like something that I recognize in Korean culture, especially is that like, they are so um, not comfortable with anyone coming out of the mold of like the perfect person that they need to be. And I think we hold K-pop idols and then Korean actors at a, such a high standard that they can't break away from any of this perfect mold that they have. So they have no room for air and like margin for that, which I think is super toxic. And just because someone made a, a, a mistake which i'm sure he's very remorseful for of and i'm sure he's willing to he is taking accountability for it but that conversation should have happened between him and the ex-girlfriend not be aired out on fucking instagram for him to have to hand write an apology take a picture of it and post it on his instagram like enough with these apologies but also to ruin his career and his potential opportunities to work in the acting industry again i thought that was like just so far gone and like i want to see him on tv so like work. and i think netizen <laughs> just so scary like they are so easy to bandwagon and I think they have a really hard time forming their own opinion about when something happens. So they're just such a bandwagoner and I think it works in its benefit for like an army. 
for bts or like super oh, fandom I like see, i think I there's such positives to it for the community coming together but i feel like there's not enough time actually investigating the truth and like doing their research to understand the truth of the story because then it just snowballs and then it just ruins people's careers yeah i just think that if it's really just off cheating and honestly like fuck you dude for breaking the covid rules i think that's pretty messed yeah. up but if this is riding mostly on the fact that he was cheater like i don't need to know that like i literally don't even it's not i don't even care it's just like that is just a personal thing that's like literally always between friends or your person or whatever right so it's like it's a shitty thing to do but it's completely on a different realm and i just feel like it's so strange like are we not i feel like there's everyone has done something that maybe if you were a korean star you would be canceled immediately like i think that would be uh and i also think that's an issue with like the standards they uphold there you know like Mm -hmm. obviously here like and not saying that there aren't image moves like there definitely are moves like Oh my god, the whole J Lo. Um, oh my god, J Lo and Benefer. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. I, I know. Like, don't get me started. I, I'm, I get it, but I'm like, that's enough. Like, I cr- really, I want more. <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm personally good because I never really. Sorry, I don't really care that much. Oh, I was a Benefer fan. Okay, so there we go. Okay. Benefer fan yeah. is a stand. Okay, so yeah. that's cool. But like, we air out so much stuff. I guess yeah. in our like celebrity culture, obviously not. It's airing out is not the same thing as being a predator or a rapist Mm -hmm. or a pedophile but airing out laundry as in like oh shit like he cheated on this like i don't even know if that's something like people do that all the freaking time like in that culture we're so different yeah i just feel like yeah there's so much like work that needs to do in i'll speak for korea because obviously that's the culture that i'm familiar with like so nevertheless show is supposed to be like a really big deal because the first time it's kind of like rated 19 plus oh. like anyone that knows k-drama oh. you know like the fluttering kissing scene and 10 different angles is like the most action you're ever gonna get like it never does on episode like 16 oh, literally yeah. out of 18 <laughs> like that's the most you're gonna get if they like they might hug yeah they might, they might hold a kiss for a really long time hold and look hands. at each other yeah. yeah um and nevertheless like i think like episode one of the first few episodes there was like almost a sex scene like there was like some skin there was some touching in the bed like it, that's like risque and yeah, I feel yeah. like I don't know why we're so repressed to talk about sexuality and talk about dating and then we just like don't you mean Korean al- culture Korean culture okay. yeah and I don't like that we don't allow celebrities to actually live a dating life like all these BTM members like how much more fun it would be if we found out who they were dating what they were going on dates like what kind of like oh, kinks yeah. they have like I want to know that detail <laughs> I don't want to know them to be this like perfectly like mirage like dull type person like it just sucks that we don't allow them to make those mistakes and we hold them at a, such a pedestal that that they can't and they can't even talk about their sex lives like I'm sure they are horny as fucking hell they're the hottest men on earth and they can't express that and like they, they must be yeah. Second, yeah oh my god they would get ass anywhere they wanted to go <laughs> and like I just feel it's just like so unfortunate but maybe they know I just feel like hopefully I don't know, with nevertheless becoming a bit more risky, risque and like having more like, you know, it's talk. It's about like having friends with benefits. I feel like even that conversation is maybe a little bit taboo. Like there needs to be a way for people in Korea to allow for self-express themselves in like subculture ways and also like, you know, allow them to make mistakes, allow them to live their lives and like can't have them be just like perfectly molded people. And like Korea has always been like that, like, um even in like jobs like you're told to wear the same thing like put your head down and just like do your work so like having your self-expression is so muted and i think people are just like itching for that subculture to come out and like when you're actually like in korea or like even hyoko 
um, who was like a musical artist that came out and they're like the first kind of like, um, like hipster-ish. I don't want to label them as a hipster, but like they're like the first more progressive people to come out and that doesn't fall into the norm of like what a boy band should look like. And I think there's so much like beautiful subculture um, happening in Korea that's not getting enough airtime or, you know, recognition, but I think it's building and it's there. Um, so hopefully with shows more like Nevertheless, even though they fucking suck, yeah. um, you know, we'll kind of like start those conversations and be able to like, you know, move forward and like have a bit more diversity. No, for sure. And just on the theme of why we are talking, not why we are talking, I don't know why we wouldn't talk about it, but in case you haven't heard our show often, we talk a lot about K-dramas. This is something that I... Not sorry about it. No, not sorry about it. Like, I I didn't watch, like, since I was 12 with my mom. And then when the pandemic started, I think we just got to get into the fact... I just started watching it. And it really takes, like, a lot off my head. Just not having to be like, okay, how many people are represented here? Like, how many... Like, you know, it's just like... like second lead Asians or minorities are in this white TV show. Who's the nerd? Who's the girl with the purple streak in her hair? Like who's the person who's going to fix the the whole, you know, spaceship, but like have no recognition on it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even want to think about that ever again. Like, and so watching shows and yeah, obviously Korea is like a more homogenous culture. Like people Mm -hmm. speak the same language and they're all mostly like visibly the same. uh, They're visibly Asian. Uh, it doesn't, it just excludes from that. And some of them are so corny and some of them have oh, the so most bad. Awful. horrible, like old school, like norm, like, uh, sorry, gender norm situations. Mm-hmm. But like, it just like it, th- taking that part out of it. Like, I just like, it's just been so comforting. I just watch it and I literally know it's stupid sometimes. And I know it's like so awful sometimes, but like, I don't need to think so hard about it. You can just appreciate for the stupid plot or like mm-hmm. the weird romance it is. And you know, episode 16 when they finally hold hands of 18, oh like you God. said. So, like, it's been something that it's just a random weird comfort thing. It's weird. Like, I don't know, during the pandemic, were there things that you started picking up more or, like, things that you were, like, new hobbies? Um, I wouldn't say new hobbies. Oh, I went through a phase where I baked a lot, but I think that was, like, everyone's. <laughs> that was such a boring answer, so I take that back. <laughs> I'm going to rewind that. Um, but yeah, I, I, sorry. Oh, wow. Delayed. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, I also watched a lot of K dramas. I think, um, it's so funny watching it. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know, there's going to be that slow-mo, not smooth product placement of whoever's sponsoring for that show. There's going to be a scene in Subway, the sandwich shop. There is going to be a kiss scene at like episode 16. And yeah, there's something about comforting. I think also there's comfort about like, Obviously, especially during COVID, um, when we're going through like anti-Asian sentiments and stuff, like I just want to see people that look like me. Like I seeing like another ABC show or like a Netflix original that didn't have anyone that represented me or like understood, you know, my background and stuff like that just like didn't resonate with me. And like I almost like, yeah, I just couldn't watch any um more white people on tv to be no frank. that's 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 totally fair and i honestly love the fact that there's more shows with black creators not mm. just black actors but creators you can see the quality of the show is so much more authentic to that community and i felt the same yeah with k-dramas but also like i hope there's more other more movies out there like i watched um is it the farewell with aquafina of course yeah i'm like is that what it was called again it's but been a while that it's been a while even though that was in the pen Maybe it wasn't. I don't even know. It was like, didn't it get like nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, but no, it didn't get nominated for an Oscar. But also like even with Parasite, obviously those Mm. are ones that made it to the mainstream. But like 
having that is such a different quality and you get to learn so much about that life like watching parasite before i started watching all these k-dramas really no maybe no like here but like there i think it's very apparent and it's very openly said like if you're from a rich family you can only really marry a rich family mm. and if you're from a poor family you have to be a poor family and just like watching them scheme the way up and it was an amazing movie oh. because it Iconic. unveiled like Korean culture not so different from our culture to be honest I mm -hmm. think maybe there's less parental pressure on being like you know find the guy who's the same amount of you know money as you or like whatever but at the same time it's like uh, just capitalist societies and seeing them differently and I just think that when with that creation I didn't have to think about all the other things yeah. that were in it right I had to just like concentrate on the actual plot yeah. whereas there's so many movies like well even like Crazy Rich Asians that was like yes it was a Asian creator I didn't love the plot but like when I watched no, the, the plot was awful yeah I watched the first three seconds when they're at the market we've talked about this like I started crying because I'm like this is weird I've never seen this before it's wild right mm -hmm. and it just took me out of it where I didn't have to think so much about them have, having to be Asian I mean the whole fucking show is called the crazy rich Asians yeah. But at the same time, I was like, well, let's get some more other representation out here. Not just the rich ass people. Mm -hmm. So that's why I thought Parasite was super cool. And I think it's a way more lived experience that helps bring, you know, our humanness as visibly Asian people and very different too, like to the forefront. Whereas we're still in a world where we have to like, people can't tell you apart. They're going to, they, they ask questions like you speak Asian or like you oh must be God. Chinese, like to anybody who looks visibly Asian. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, and the thing is I am Chinese. So yeah, but th there's so many layers to that. It means so much also on top of that. So it's like, it's just so much to explain. Mm -hmm. It's like way too much. Um, aside from K dramas, are you watching white Lotus? No, what is that? Oh, okay. White Lotus is like an HBO show. Um, it's with Connie Britton and, um, Sydney Sweeney and uh, I don't know who else is notable. But anyways, um, it's uh, it's about like a murder or we think it's, it is about a murder because someone dies in the first episode, but we don't know who it is. Okay. But um, I've been binge watching it because it's been like four episodes <clears throat> and I just like watched it all in one day. But there's this one scene in the latest episode. Sorry, spoilers. Um, but there is like a, a black girl in the show who is friends with this white family and they brought her to Hawaii so they're on like a family vacation mm. and then the mom mom's supposed to be this like woke person and uh, or not not woke person the mom is Scary. supposed to be like um she's a COO of like a really big tech company or something like that and the daughters are so the daughter is super woke and then the friend is also supposed to be like super woke or whatnot but they had these conversations as like a white family talking about um uh oh because they have a younger brother who's also white and then a mom has the audacity, but it's like really well written of like how cringe it is. He was like, you know, like, do you know what it's like to be a white men in society right now? Like they don't get a break. Like why is all of a sudden like everyone's against white people? Oh like, you know how hard it is for him to get a job? Like I could even hire a white person if I wanted to like, and having just these like really, it's such real conversations that I know that people are having, but yeah. to be portrayed on TV, it was like so, so hard for me to swallow that and watch it, but it was like so real to see it. And then there's this one scene at the dinner where they're talking about like oppression of like black marginalized people. And then like the white people on the table, they're just like, I don't see what's wrong with it basically. And I was like, if I was ever in that conversation, I would have fucking flipped that table upside down. <laughs> And punch it from in the faces, but um, non-Asian content. Uh, actually, I'll let you know if it's worth watching. I haven't decided if I like it or not. Yeah, no, I think those discussions, like you said, they happen every day, actually. They're just mm -hmm. really going to cap. I mean, I, I'll watch it, but like I, I'll capture. No, you'll hate it, I think. 
well, it's going to make me angry about my own reality and just knowing like, yeah, like you just portrayed it again in a, in a thing. Oh I my mean, God. And there's like a white men Karen character and nothing oh. makes me want to punch through the TV screen more than him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe, maybe don't I watch won't it. watch it. But it's like these conversations are really being had. Like it's like if your bubble is really privileged and they're all white and, you know, there's one type of people. And I would say this about, you know, my own community, like Chinese privileged rich people mm-hmm. being in a bubble is uh something that blinds you to really the inequities and honestly like i've had this discussion so many times and i'm sorry to bring it to this place but i had to vent the other day like i was so pissed off like basically i know that like growing up in the chinese church it's like an incubator of white supremacy like that's just oh, facts yeah it is really totally like that more. and it's obviously like people that head the church and people are there they have a lot of money and it's like it's not every single church i'm not going to say that but i'm gonna say a lot of them are like that yeah and there's this elitist like needing to be white situation going on there it's super weird where it's like very charged language in terms of like really seeing like oh why are black people so lazy like they, they actually believe in those kind of things mm-hmm. right and so like that is something that came up with me in terms of real conversations like honestly like knowing that how um, who's speaking there what they believe in they're super conservative um they don't believe in like this like a sex curriculum that allows the mm. introduction of like you know gay or non-traditional families and it's just like so it's so fucked up. And like, so those are the real situations I want to actually hear about more. And I like would like that, even though I would cringe at, you know, watching it and whatever, but people need to know these things. Like this is like actually the conversation between white people. This is actually the conversation like where, when they talk about race, it's like, they're still scared to say black or they're still like, Mm -hmm. like, Asking, they're not educated about like the things that they, yeah they and need they, to describe and they it. choose not to be even though they they have to you know they can't really just stand idle like i feel like if you're a place of privilege you should try your best to like even learn about mm-hmm. it right so and i think one thing also that came out of the pandemic was like we learned so much because of black protests like i've said it but we also saw so many like easy posts you know what i mean like easy flip posts like here yeah. I'm, I'm i'm about it because i posted that i'm about it because i'm boasting like i don't need this no goes with my color palette yeah like i don't so this is appropriate to post this aesthetic on the why black lives matter yeah. is really perfect for my palette and that mm-hmm. there's so much of that and it's just like it's so awkward like yeah get the message out there but like really put in the work if you can mm-hmm. and that could start by just like learning on your own like i don't think you need to be out there announcing all that stuff i don't care if you post it or not you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. like it's more like those are the conversations that you hope these shows or anything helps provoke because like you need things need to change you know like things have to be different yeah i know with like Benari and Boogie with Eddie Wong and stuff like there is so much like appetite for Asian creators to like share these stories and I think we are finally hopefully at a stage where all any Asian stories that come out doesn't have to be a, like an immigrant story you know like oh hardworking God. like very like fresh off the boat like I think we've like passed that um so I hope that like it doesn't like even with Evie and I like when we talk about Maiden like I feel like we don't have to emphasize that it's from like an Asian diaspora because like we're clearly you both Asian. Yeah, so anything yeah. we talk about is going to come from our perspective. Yeah, so like exactly. I never want to pigeonhole us either. But I think it is important to like, you know, listen to black creators, listen to Hispanic creators. Like, you know, there's so many like different perspectives and stories that like we do need to hear. But obviously being biased that I do want to see more Asian stories. And I think, yeah, I think it doesn't need to be in like such a setting. I, I mean, I get served 
probably because of my algorithm, but like I get served so many like different Asian creators um, just sharing their dating stories. And like, it doesn't have to be all like, oh, like this Korean guy that I went on a date with. Like any yeah. story that you have, it's going to just come from your perspective because of who you are and like your experiences. And I think, um, I think it's really important to like continue to uplift it because uh, I recently went through this box of like memorabilia that I have. Wow. I have this like Not shoe those. box. Yeah. yeah. I highly regret it. No, I'm just kidding. I really <laughs> did love it. Um, there, I literally kept every single note that anyone has written me like when I was in high school. So it's like those like wow. tang papers with like three holes and stuff. Not those. <clears throat> yeah. So, I, so messy. I had all the, like I found a lot of, I even found my prom corsage that I kept. Like I'm, I'm wow. that girl. Um, but I found this picture of me when I was 10 and, um, it was my very first picture day photo that I took when I first came to Canada. And obviously in Korea, we don't have like a picture day. Yeah. So my mom dressed me up in this like white turtleneck and like green fuzzy sweater. And like Sounds everyone else was in like really cute. pretty blouses. And I'm like, this is not a look mom. <laughs> but she didn't know it was a picture day. So then I looked at this picture and like, um, it's been 20 years since we immigrated to Canada. And then I was like having my 30th birthday. So I was literally so emotional. Um, I like had to talk to my therapist about it. But basically, <laughs> I found this picture and I was like, damn, like I was like so cute. And like, I'd be so yeah. 10 year old Jasmine would be so proud of where I'm right now. And like, if only I had this kind of platform to listen to growing up, because when I was reading through all those notes, I remember it was like this girl was asking me to come to a party that she was going to have. And like I had to lie about like not being able to go because I couldn't express to them. To your parents? Yeah, to my parents yeah, like yeah. what that was about. So like I was kind of like grieving like the young Jasmine being like, oh, like, you know, but at the time, like I didn't have the language to talk about, you know, what I was For going sure. through at home. So yeah. like it made me start to kind of reflect on all those like stories that I had to tell lies that I had to tell and like of course my friends back then we were like 16 17 they didn't know what I was going through either so yeah. like I don't blame them for having the understanding of like what I was going through but like I had a moment of being like fuck like that was really sad and like you know I had to like put on such a facade and like co-switch and like whatever all that shit is yeah so I hope that like I was like talking about it like people that are maybe in their high school now um, can't even relate. But like, I always say this, that like we're doing it for the youth. But like when we look at our age demographic, it's actually like people our well, age. We're also doing it for ourselves. Like first Basically. of all, I think one thing we got to emphasize that we're not experts and we're not trying to be experts at nothing. We're just trying to say, you know, things that we feel and think about knowing that there's room for change. But yeah, like when you said that nostalgic piece, that's really sad. Like when I see the, okay, my mom didn't know what the fuck Halloween was. So she just oh. dressed me up in traditional Chinese clothing, which is obviously a fucking mess that's, if that's you think look. about it. That's it's a look. a look for every day. It's fucking fire. I don't even know where it is now, but that's not a Bring Halloween look. Like people are yeah. like being princesses or ghosts and they're like so you're dressed up as like a fictional thing but it's not like i'm just wearing chinese clothes whatever and I used to be you're wearing your sunday best to church honestly <laughs> i'm wearing my best i look fly but back then i was like oh my god this is so whack mm -hmm. like this isn't a freaking outfit like what is this so like yeah. i actually like i saw like t speaking about nostalgic photos i was like had just seen that the other day mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my god that is like a total depiction of a cultural misunderstanding slash like i look fire slash being embarrassed but not having the words. Cause like, think about it, you're young. And I think even like when I, I was born here. So like, even in kindergarten, you can tell like, you're not going to get the main part. You're oh, the side character. You dude, know what I'm saying? You're like, the tree. Yeah. I'm the tree you're or something. The tree number three. And actually teachers would actually make, I, I, okay. I would never was a tree, but Were like a bonsai. Well, I was not yeah, imagine they were like but uh you're tea, the bonsai yeah, they're like you know you're better than just a tree you're a bonsai because you're Asian but yeah no it was like actually like 
it, it you immediately get like uh, imposter syndrome because you're never like should I raise my hand? I don't I don't mm. see people raise their hand or whatever. Like you, I'm usually. But quiet. you obviously knew the answer. You yeah. nerd. Oh, of course. I was so freaking smart, but I didn't want to say anything. I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, like, let's let them do it. It's probably going to sound right coming out yeah. of their mouths. Mm-hmm. But like not understanding what that feeling is until I am right now, like saying that was imposter syndrome or like side, not the main character situation, uh, not the pick me girl. Because I was like, why would you pick me? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you don't have to pick me for nothing because I don't fit in this mold. So like definitely so many emotions seeing that freaking photo of me in that Chinese fit for Halloween is so whack. But I mean, I still got candy, so I was sick. But, like, people were like, well, I guess that's just a China girl. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? I've been a China girl since a youngin. <laughs> still there, still there. But, yeah. like, uh, yeah, those kind of things. So, like, shout out to her parents. Like, you know, one time. One time. One time. Yeah, even though there's complications with whatever, they still brought our ass over here trying so to true. bring a better life for us. And now we're like, but wait a minute, this life could be better. So we still mm-hmm. got to change it. So, like... Yeah, I know, like, traditionally, like, I think a lot of people still feel like they got to be quiet and, like, they can't speak up. But, like, as Asian people, because they haven't traditionally seen themselves or, like, been put in the box that they believe in, which is a myth. But, no, just use your voice. And that's why we got on here. And I'm not going to say I came out confident when we started, like, two years ago. Oh God, we were so scared. We were, like, we can you tell them? Like, I know we, like, there's a podcast on this, but we went to the freaking reference library. Like, what are we doing at the reference library? (laughs) I thought it was cool to go into, I was like, okay, well, we need to record audio. So I need like a really quiet room. Like, where can we go? This bitch thought, well, actually I was kind of smart. So I am proud of myself. I didn't, you wouldn't mean this bitch, you mean you. Yeah, yeah, me. Oh, okay. The the Toronto, the Toronto reference library rents out resources (laughs) so they can rent out like cameras, like green screens and stuff like that. So, I booked like a room so we can go record and like in the beginning we like scripted out all of our episodes we like had questions we we're gonna ask each other put our like initials beside it like we were so so prepared I don't know what happened um but yeah basically that was like the beginning and then we had like so many topics we wanted to talk about and like I think there's only maybe like handful of people who actually listened to us from the beginning love um, you guys love real you fans guys. Yeah. um and yeah and then now look at we here we are i i think our format is just talking we just we literally yeah. just talking and i mean uh yeah like well i think we have a good balance even though sometimes we cross over each other and actually talking about that sorry there's one more thing i actually need you to tell me okay we were talking a lot about shows uh we we're also talking about how you know we were growing and all this stuff but before we leave the show today, I need to tell. I need to see if Jasmine can sell me. I'm watching. Is it Never Have I Ever? Oh, Never Have season I Ever season two because I I like the first season and honestly, I was surprised you didn't watch it because you liked the first season. I liked it and honestly, it was good representation. Like honestly, a South Asian person's perspective and story from a from a coming of age seems sick. Like seems mm-hmm. fine, but I don't know. I just haven't gone. To, I told you I've been on a K drama binge. Yeah. Break it down if you've watched it. Yeah, I did watch it. I did like it. I would give it like a 7 out of 10, maybe 8 on a good Whoa, episode. Okay. okay, a couple things that I did like. So basically, it's like an Indian girl who's in like bumfuck nowhere, America. It goes to high school and then her she had a traumatic accident when like her dad passed away at a young age. So she's going through all this thing. She's obviously because it's like an Indian family. There was like... A generational family so like one of her cousin lives there who's like absolutely drop that drop that gorgeous so she kind of like behind that shadow but anyway second season i i really did love it there was a couple of um 
the, okay, the thing that bothers me is that she's the main character character is not a lovable character like she's annoying as hell like all the things that she does i think she's super selfish mm. and i think it's not like a secret like she's just a very selfish person as her character uh but something that kind of weird things that weird me out there's a, a beautiful half japanese man who is the love interest but he's got them 30 he's 30 year old playing a 16 year old man and, oh, no. and but then the the main character is also 19 so like there's so many like kissing scenes and i just feel a little bit uncomfortable and i feel like no one's talking about the age difference in their acting yeah i mean i actually don't know the world of actors i love the first season just because i like, gave me her perspective i can see how she in the second season seems oh, more so selfish annoying. but i actually think that's good realistic writing Hopefully, though, it doesn't like, you know, because we have so little representation, not we like South Asian, East Asian, Mm -hmm. Southeast Asian, all have little representation that people don't just take it like they did with Crazy Rich Asians and what's it called? Bling Empire. And they're like, look at these Asians. They're just rich and rude and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, you're not talking about the majority here. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I like I I like the first season. I would watch it. The thing is, like, obviously, she's moving to university. Is this the college? Like, oh, no, I don't think it ended on that. But there was a couple episodes because one of her friends like uh, comes into her sexuality and is gay mm. and then there's like this uh, conversation about being queer which I really liked because I think she was so used to what like I guess queer is represented in mass media and like that's what she thinks she needs to do but mm. then she had to like really come into her own culture being like you know like maybe I'm not butch maybe I'm not femme but like what am I so like I really I felt like the writing was actually really good mm. and um, the main part about the second season is that they had this other Indian girl come into school so kind of the topics that we talked about before like the crab in the bucket mentality like the main character goes through a lot of like thoughts about like oh like but i'm the cool she she used to be the awkward indian girl and now there is like a cool indian girl so she's like not as desired so she goes through a lot of like imposter syndrome and then there's like obviously crossover of like love interests and like which is kind of fair but yeah i thought that like those conversations and I really fell for her because there's like this one monologue she has talking about like, you know, it's cool to have someone who's Indian understands like what my I go through with my parents. And like, you know, I wish I had I was like very reflective last month. And I was thinking about how like I wish I had a Korean friend that I was close with in in high school to kind of talk about like all the lying that I had to do, like all the you know like the fake life that I had to live outside of the home to kind of talk about like you know what does this mean for my relationship with my mom or like all that kind of stuff um so honestly I would recommend I really did like it it's like 30 minutes per episode okay that's fine yeah yeah I will definitely I'll I'll, I'll give it a chance and I think like those themes are really important and like honestly like I said at the top of the show that's why we wanted just more voices out there not saying that we're literally the best people to listen to yeah we are what do you mean (laughs) sorry we are the best people to listen to uh but we're not experts and so actually i would just like you know just having more voices out there and that's Mm -hmm. why if like you guys ever want to listen to maiden and stuff we usually have lots of guests on and we're Mm -hmm. really excited our last show do you guys know that we interviewed audrey nuna i know we're so hype about it and even before that we had there's some kick-ass asians on that show like Mm -hmm. there's so many great people that taught us so many things during the show too Mm -hmm. um one thing i've been watching is uh not watching waiting for is uh chef roy Choi's second season of broken bread oh yes i'm really hyped dropping them teasers on his story yeah so if you go follow him uh love the dude we got to talk to him earlier in the pandemic we're homies now um yeah and he's 
he's such a great person, you know, like even going to such heights of like having a show with Jon Favreau and, mm. you know, having shows like he still is always in the community. He's always at the restaurant. And he's always taking his goddamn photos with everyone and yeah. he posts them all. And I think mm-hmm. that's so cool. Like that's being part of the community and also giving, you know, certain days for giving free tacos for maybe underprivileged areas mm-hmm. is something that a big thing that I came out of this pandemic with is understanding how important community is. And that's really just people power. It's like, you know, people speaking up, people having a podcast, people doing whatever and like feeding people in urgent situations when it's not adequate anywhere Mm -hmm. else. So like, that's so sick. So I'm really looking forward to that show. That's Mm -hmm. something that I've been like on my radar when it comes out soon. I don't know. It'll it'll be awesome. Uh, Season one is really good too. So you guys can watch it too. Um, is there any other shows that you're waiting on or you want to watch or like you've pretty much cleared out your Oh no, list? of course there's always more. Um, there's honestly just like this other K-drama. I forget what it's called, but uh, the second lead from the startup show is the main character with this other girl that I really like. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Um, I did actually watch um, Roy Choi had a video on YouTube is talking about like fermentation. Oh, cool. And he talked to this woman who um, was like a pastry chef and kind of turned into the love of fermentation and then they like cook together and like wow. yeah he just like so genuine and they made jajangmyeon but like a Chinese style jajangmyeon nice. with like fermenta- fermented mustard leaves and like preserved lemons like it was like really cool I actually watched it last night Um, uh, I really liked it and like yeah I think it's really cool that you know creating space of um it, highlighting fermentation I feel like that's like a very like a, a, an Asian um, practice as well and then like Ancient, yeah, yeah and I think it's like really cool to like have him just like yeah put a spider on that and she was Chinese and like yeah I thought it was just really cool to like have that conversation um, other than that I don't know I'm kind of blanking on what I wanted to watch but but also black bean noodles like jajangmyeon yeah. is the perfect intersection of me and you remember people oh my, have so many yes. people have literally said that and yes. I'm like it's true I fucking love eating it too we it's the best thing ever jajangmyeon is should bring to the show next time oh my god so messy though so messy yeah, yeah. Um, jajangmyeon is like I actually make this for Leo literally every time I'm hungry mm. I feel like it's like my go-to it's like our go-to comfort meal yeah uh, but it's basically like um, flour noodles usually it's supposed to be like hand-pulled but like who has time for that um, and then yeah it's like um potatoes uh zucchini onions cabbage and like minced pork with like this fermented black bean sauce and it's delicious and you have to have it with tangsuyuk which is like um sweet and sour pork yeah um it's super delicious but then what i do is anytime i go to a korean chinese restaurant someone gets a jajangmyeon we get tangsuyuk to share and then someone has to get jampong which is like a really spicy broth. So, uh, so usually like when Jay Lee and I used to go yeah. Korean. So we, that's like the trio order that we order. So I get to have a little bit of everything. I love that. Like, we I, need to do that. That is our perfect meal. Yeah. And honestly, that that is one of my favorite dishes though. Really? Like the black bean is so, so, so good. And Maybe like controversial, but there's no good jajangmyeon place downtown. It's all trash. Maybe You heard it here. You can come so to my house and I'll make a better one. makes one here, please prove us wrong. Or, yeah. you know, like leave it on our Instagram. Like I'd love to know suggestions of what yeah. you think is worth it. But yeah. yeah the maybe. only place worth it is North York. It's called Man- Manli Changsong. It's in North York. It's literally like Steels and something. It's by the Center Point Mall where I used to. Oh, go all Center the time. Point Mall. Yo, I used oh, guys. Don't shout out oh the my Center, God, Point Center Point Mall, Mall right now. I was there too. Did we ever cross paths? Probably not. Oh. Uh, okay, so I remember um 
when I first moved to Canada, we lived in Toronto for the first year. And I remember going to Canadian Tire for the first time. And I thought their logo was a strawberry. Aww. And then I thought the Canadian Tire money was super cool. And my mom bought me a scooter. And it was like so the first cool. time I could ever get it. And yeah, that's like my fond memory of Centerpoint Mall. Also, if you know Centerpoint Mall, they had a Zellers <laughs> the, oh, before it died. Zellers. And they had a weird ride where you just sit in it and it goes in a circle right outside. And I went on that all like the time. Like a miracle round? Yeah. And also across from Centerpoint Mall, there was a Toys R Us. And that's a really yes. specific... Specific Toronto With area slash Grand and Toy. Region. Remember Grand and Toy? Yeah. <laughs> wow, we're going down, way down yeah. nostalgic road right now. But Centerpoint Mall is iconic. I love that place. But anyways, after we have five minutes left, after our first live show, like, how do you feel, Jazz? Like, um, the vibes yeah. good? The vibes always good. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, it was super fun. I'm excited for people who didn't listen to it live. Rude to listen to it on our recorded one. No, but I think it would be really cool. I would love to get everyone listening involved, too. So maybe, like, next episode, you guys can DM us, like, topics we want to talk about. You can weigh yeah. in. Share us your thoughts. Give us tell shows. Me I'm wrong. Give us shows. Yeah. And tell okay, us we're wrong. We can't yeah. just talk about TV shows for the rest of our lives. Well, I'm never going to just talk about TV shows you know me I always like the thing about me and jazz I think if you get to know us more it's like I'll take Which you will I'll take everything zero to a hundred oh like, my god this girl so intense ever in conversations but I just like love the levity and it's not to say you don't take shit all the way there though but like I have such a sarcastic and sad tone mm. and you're like so uplifting I think that's what people have said I'm like yo fuck my life I, I I'm just a real <laughs> I'm a Capricorn no 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 I'm a Capricorn that's that's and I'm it. a Leo, so yeah, it's your season, and yeah. you're really out here. It's thriving. the main character season, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And Capricorns hate that and think that's scary. Hey, I'm a Capricorn Moon, guys. Let me break this down for you. I'm a Leo <laughs> Sun. I'm a Virgo Rising and a Cap Moon, which basically which means, means I'm a work a fucking holic. Yeah. Okay. I would say I'm a workaholic too. You are. But I don't know the other ones. I think uh, if my friend Steph was here, she would break it down for me. And I know she's listening. So Steph, oh my gosh, she can do a reading me. for us or something. Do a re- but anyways, whatever that means, uh, that's usually the vibe. So it's awesome. I mean, it's fine because I, I need that light. Like I need mm-hmm. that in my life. I need your joy in my life. Thank you. I do will recognize that I am an oversharer and I've <laughs> shared this before. And I have to tell you, I have a bi-weekly one-on-one with my manager and then this dumbass thought it was cool to tell him about like this emotional reckoning I had during my 30th birthday <laughs> and as soon as I told him that I was like well, why did I do this why did I have to let him in like that but then I realized that's kind of like my superpower yeah you know, I like, mean you I, like- I'm so comfortable telling the Fenix guy when I got my period like I'm yeah. okay with that she's like that I'm literally won't tell you shit unless yeah. I'm oh yelling about God. stuff yeah you won't really Guys, know anything I but- have known Evie for like seven years and I still learn new things about her like every Yo, day you don't need to know anything it's all fine I'm like you don't need to know me you don't need to do this all I know is I just yell all the time on social media she's the loudest girl on social media but I'm pretty loud in person I just like don't really take myself like that seriously if you actually think of someone who's like literally screaming and like throwing shit at the wall like sometimes mostly yeah but like mm, I'm like pretty chill and also uh weed pills really help for someone like me wait what pills weed pills oh my god are you an edible gal I'm a capsule gal. Oh my god, I'm an edible gal. I'm, I'm like I'm an edible pusher. Yeah, you're an edible pusher. Yeah, okay. Um yeah, I'm an edible pusher. I am really um 
I feel like I and I've I've has enjoyed taking edibles so much that anytime I meet someone new, I'm just like, hey, have you tried this? I'm definitely not like that, but you should overshare that because it yeah. does help. Oh like, my gosh, yeah, I'm spreading the God's words, like guys, it's really good. <laughs> God's words. Okay, no, I take that back. My mom would. Okay, like maybe we'll edit this out because like I don't think my mom wants. I don't to know think this. she's listening, but I know, but still, like. You know, shit stays. <laughs> yeah, shit stays online, actually. Yeah, we'll edit so it out. So we'll edit this out, Josh, later, okay? But, but yeah, <laughs> thanks uh, to our editor, Josh yeah, Pardo. Josh. Shout out to him. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for joining us this hour. I hope that we've kept you entertained. Yeah. And when we learn how to do more stuff, like... Sorry, I'm trying to press okay, the sound Evie effect. Okay, Evie has I'm a keyboard okay, with sound effects, and she has failed us. Oh, I'm my trying. God. We'll get better next time, guys. Don't worry. There, there, Every there. first Wednesday of the month, we'll be here. You'll be here, but not here physically, please. Yeah, don't it's come a, It's here. a digital live show. <laughs> Listen to us at your home. But and maybe one day. And it's also at ISO.FM. Uh, Cadence Weapon will be here next. He's really awesome. Yeah. So that's exciting. And you can follow us at imaiden underscore on Instagram and on Twitter. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening.